worship band today. They did a fantastic job. So appreciate that. And by the way, James, there was no way you could win that because it's Mother's Day. So Charmin, we just defer to her. She won. Whatever, that's right, that's whether right. she was right or not. No, she was right. She was right. We did change it this morning, and I just forgot. I didn't write it down. Well, I guess mothers do make mistakes, right? Not often, but periodically. Well, it's good to be here today. Amen. How many of you mothers had a difficult time getting your children around? I see some eyebrows going up. You know, mothers have a difficult, difficult job. And uh, us guys, you know, we're just kind of on the sidelines sitting there and we're like, uh, I don't know what to do. And we always defer to them and they have a tendency to come through in the clutch. And because of that, we are so grateful. And uh, many of us here, we are grateful for our mothers. And uh, if you are a mother today, I'm going to ask you to stand and remain standing for just a moment. If you're a mother, stand and remain standing. Look around you. Give them a round of applause. Now, you can be seated. You can be seated. Now, I want to ask those of you who had a godly mother that helped you attain faith in Christ to please stand. I'm standing. So those of you who had a godly mother, look around you. The difference that it has made in the lives of so many people. Mothers, thank you. Thank you for going the second mile. And thank you for making a difference in our lives eternally. You may be seated. You know, many of us have our mothers to thank for the faith that's been instilled us, in us, and we are eternally grateful. Also, we have been exposed to their godly example, which gave us the opportunity to come to know Christ. We saw daily in their walk, their talk. We saw daily in their actions for us that they loved us and they were a great role model for us as we grew up and had faith in Christ. And Moses was blessed to have a godly mother. We're going to be reading out of Exodus chapter 2, 1 through 10 today. And many of us know the life of Moses. And we know what a great example he was, that he was the, the lawgiver, that God gave him the law, and he gave him the Ten Commandments. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, it says that uh, we are to obey our mother and father, which is the first commandment with promise, that your life may be long upon the earth. So we are to obey our parents, love our parents, and give our best to our moms and our dads, and be grateful when they showed us, by example, faith. So if you would stand with me in the honor of the reading of the Word of God, we're going to start in chapter 2, verse 1, and go down to verse 10. And a man of the house of Levi went and took his wife, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, and put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when they saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. 
Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from among the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away, nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew you out of the water. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for godly examples of mothers. We're so grateful for the faith that we see in Moses' mother. And Father, so many of us have seen in our mothers. And Lord, we are just eternally grateful for the difference that is made in our life, not only here, but in eternity. And Father, I just pray now that you might bless each of these mothers that hear the word. And if there's a mother here that does not know you, that they would give their heart to you and be an example for their family. And Father, I pray for anyone here today that may not know you and have experienced the presence, the joy, and the love that you offer freely. In Christ's name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Now, the first thing I want to share with you is this. Moses was saved through the faith of his mother. Now, you think about this with me. And, and, and his mother took Moses, put him in this little ark, put him in the river, and uh, what could have happened to him? There's a multitude of things that could have happened to him, but the very best thing did happen to him. And as we come to the book of Exodus, the exact concept of Moses was saved through his mother's faith is, is implied in the book of Exodus, but we see it fleshed out when we come to the New Testament in Hebrews eleven twenty three, which says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Now, imagine that. They have this, the, the, Pharaoh had given this command that every male child was to be destroyed under two years old. That they were to be, if they were born, they were to be killed. So it was a horrible situation. And uh, Moses' mother, Jochebed, said to her father, or to her husband, I'm sure, we're not going to do that. We are going to raise this young child. And uh, her faith is so prominent in that story. And I'm telling you, mothers, when your faith has been there on display for us, it has been so prominent in our lives. It has changed us. It has given us hope. It has given us drive. And it has given us the ability to pass that baton of faith along to the next generation, which is everyone's responsibility. It's not only to have it for ourselves, but to say, I'm going to pass this faith along. Now, imagine what faith it took to take a three-month-old child, put him in this little ark, this little boat, and the same word boat that's used in uh, uh, Genesis 6 for ark is the same word that's used here. So to put him in this little ark, put him in the Nile River, the longest river in the world. Can you imagine? I mean, when I think about that, I think, my goodness, she truly had faith that God would deliver her son. And then Moses sister is waiting, watching, seeing what might transpire. And as Moses is in that water, in that, that little ark, he comes into the reeds. And, and here comes Pharaoh's daughter. And Pharaoh's daughter comes down to bathe. And she has, she has her handmaidens with her. And she sees this ark. And she sends them over to pick that up and bring it to her. And once they, they do that, Moses cries. And she has compassion upon him. You know, that's one thing about women that we often don't have as much of is compassion. I mean, they just have this deep-seated compassion 
for people. And, and, and even Pharaoh's daughter, she has this compassion, knowing that if she goes against the command of her father, she might be put to death. But think about this. Here's Moses' mother, Jochebed, and she has hidden this child for three months. Imagine what faith that took to not give him up. And imagine how that baby... How many of you have had a baby? Not, not guys, you didn't have it, but you have a baby. Raise your hands. How many have had a baby? All right, raise them high. Be proud. Jason, you don't have babies? All right, good. Yeah. I mean, when you have a baby, what the babies say? Sometimes they say goo goo, ga ga, but nine times out of ten they say wah wah. Right? And imagine having a child for three months and no wah wahs. That child was wah wahing, right? And children always do it at the most inopportune times when you go to Walmart, in church, right? And you're trying to shh, 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 shh. And the more you shh, the more they wah wah. Because they're babies. I mean, think about it. When do they cry? When do babies cry? They cry when they're hungry. What do they do? They go, wah, wah. They, when do babies cry? They cry when they're wet. They go, wah, wah. They, babies do it when their belly hurts. Babies do it when they don't get their way, when they're angry. They cry. And what do we do? We try to soothe them, satisfy them, stop the crying. And guys, what do we typically do when they start wah, wahing? Here, Mom. Right? I mean, we were like, I don't know what to do. But moms just naturally seem to know what to do. And uh, us guys, that's just not within us. God created us differently, and we do the best we can. But uh, think of her obedience. And, and, and then here's Moses down at the river. He's drawn out of the river. Here comes, here comes, <laughs> here comes his sister and says, do you want me to fetch someone to nurse your child? That's a great idea, Pharaoh's daughter says. So guess what? Goes and gets his very mother to come and nurse him. And then she even says, I'll pay you to do this. What a great deal. Amen? I mean, she thought, I'm going to lose my child. And now she's getting paid to nurse her own child and take care of her own child. You see, Noah was at the mercy of God when he entered the ark. And guess what? Moses was at the mercy of God when he entered that little ark. I mean, no, no one says, man, Moses was a great captain. Because he wasn't captaining anything. He was just residing in that ark, right? And, and nobody said, you know, man, Moses was a great paddler in his ark. No, he was just in the ark. You know, children can really put you on the spot. This pastor's wife, true story. She, her husband, like me, gets up and goes to the church early, like I always do. I try to get here between 7 and 8 and get my mind right, pray and, and study and go over everything that I plan to, to say that morning. And uh, this pastor's at church, his wife, you know, you get your kids around first, don't you, moms? Then you pray, please don't go get in the mud. Please don't get anything on you from eating. Please, please just be still and don't do anything. Don't take your shoes off. Don't take your dress. Please just sit still. And you know what? Almost invariably, what are they doing? They're pulling stuff off or they're going out and getting dirty. 
And you're like, oh my goodness. But this mother, she gets ready and thankfully her children are still dressed right. She throws them in the car. She's got a two and a half year old and a five year old. They start on their way to church. They pull into the parking lot and the two and a half year old, which is rambunctious beyond words, says to her mother, mom, I don't have any panties on. Well, this little girl, she does cartwheels. She pulls her dress up. She does all of these things. So the mother looks at the five-year-old and said, give her your panties. And the five-year-old is mortified, but she does. And the mother said they were in the church service. The two-and-a-half-year-old is doing cartwheels and flips and pulling her dress up and everything else. And the five-year-old is like a mannequin. Doesn't move a muscle. That's kind of how parenthood is, isn't it? That's kind of how mothers have to deal with things. I mean, what would a guy do at that point if he got to church and said, Dad, I don't have any panties on? Dad would freak out. We wouldn't know what to do. We'd say, we're going home. We're just so different. But mothers, they fix things on the fly. (laughs) You know, salvation... It's all of the Lord. It wasn't Moses who saved himself. It wasn't Noah who saved himself. It was a salvation that was provided by a holy God. In Exodus chapter 6 and verse 20, it says, Now Amran took for himself Jochebed, his father's sister, his wife, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. And the years of the life of, of Amram were 137 years. So we find the lineage of Moses. And in the lineage of Moses, he was a descendant of Abraham. And by being a descendant of Abraham, he had the knowledge of the covenant that Abraham had with God. And he understood that. And then God had told Abraham in Genesis chapter 15... Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. So Moses knew this. He knew what was coming because Abraham's gift from God is covenant with God. So He's not in the dark. He understands what's going on. And Abraham's descendants are going to have a large territory, and they're going to be innumerable in number. And uh, God, because of Abraham's faith, God accounted to him for righteousness because of what he did. And that same faith that God had given Abraham, he gave to God's people through the generations, so the stories would be passed down from generation to generation to generation. So Moses knew the promises of God because he had been taught. Now... How was he taught? Because next in the story, we hear that Moses is seeing all that will transpire. Look in verses 4 through 9. It said, And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. Her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Now what could happen to her at this point? She's disobeying the command of her father. You didn't go against the king. You didn't go against the Pharaoh because you might end up a foot shorter. Then 
his sister said to the Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And guess what? That was all foreordained. God knew what was going to transpire, and he knew he was going to have to raise up a deliverer, and he does that through Moses. God had also promised Abraham great possessions, large descendants, large territory of land. All of these promises had been given, and the Hebrew people knew the promises of God, but they were now in bondage. And they were like, what are we going to do now? Abraham knew that all the world would be blessed through him, and he believed God. Now, as we think about that, And Pharaoh's daughter takes compassion upon this infant and takes him into the palace to raise him. Pharaoh's daughter, due to her compassion, saved Moses. And Moses' name means to draw out. So Moses was saved through the faith of his mother by taking him down to the Nile River, putting him in a little ark and praying. Don't you know she was praying for him? praying for his safety, praying for his future, asking God to preserve him. I want to give you a couple things real quick. This is not in the outline, but I want to give you a couple things real quick. Listen to me. You love your mother unconditionally. Don't base your love on conditions. We are all frail humanity, and we all fail. But love your mother unconditionally. And there will be difficult times because I know some of you who have to take care of your mother in the final years of their life, and it was not easy. My mother did that for my grandmother. Secondly, hug your mother affectionately. You know, sometimes there's a little side hug, but sometimes we need to get the bear hug in there. Right? I love you. Because there comes a time, and some of you know this, that our minds are no longer what they once were and what we would give for one more hug. Hug your mother affectionately. Understand your mother sympathetically. Understand her sympathetically. Give her your best. Listen to your mother attentively. They're older than you and they have more wisdom than you. Thank the Lord. They're not perfect. But guess what? They brought you into this world and I'm sure you heard this. I can take you out of this world too. You know? I mean, that's... the. Kids, help her cheerfully. Don't do it with a bitter, censorious, critical, condescending spirit. Do it out of love. Do it out of mercy. Do it because it is the right thing to do and we are commanded by Almighty God to love and take care of them. For some of you, We've lost your mother. Remember them gratefully. 
Remember them gratefully. And last, recognize how much she's needed. Recognize that. They are the glue to our families. Right, men? Say amen if you believe that. They are the glue. All right. I'm done with that. Let me go to my second point. This will be the last point I have, but it's rather lengthy. Moses was trained in the faith by his mother. He was trained in the faith by his mother. His mother was there to train him. Don't you know? I mean, the Egyptians, Pharaoh's court, do you think he got anything about the religion of the Hebrews, the God of the Hebrews? No. But you know what he did get? His mother was right there. And when he was rescued, she's nursing him. And what's she doing? She's teaching him along the way. Telling him about the faith. Telling him about his forefathers. Telling him about the future. Telling him that God has a plan for his life. And and listen, we should do the same thing for our children. Tell them that God has a specific plan for their life. Tell them that God created them in his image. Tell them that God loves them unconditionally. Tell them that God has a plan for them. Tell them that they're going to do great things for the kingdom of God. Speak prophetically into their lives. Don't beat them down. Build them up. And let them know you believe in them. I mean, after Moses was rescued, he goes to the palace. His upbringing, his education. We have in Acts chapter 7 these words in verse 22. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. In other words, he was educated very well and he was eloquent in his speech when he says, but God, I, can't, I, can't, I have a stutter. No, he didn't. You know, he just didn't want to do it. He was fearful. Send Aaron. And God said, okay, I'll send Aaron. But Moses, you're going to. In Stephen's speech there in Acts 7, 22, he said Moses was trained in all of the wisdom of the Egyptians. And he was mighty in words and deeds. Now, why was that? Well, because he was being groomed to take over the nation. He was next in the line. But his mother was teaching him. Now, think about it like this. A lot of us, when we went off to college, you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to indoctrinate us into the anti-God movement, right? There is no God, there is only man. He's made up. He's unreal. And those anti-intellectuals are the only ones that believe in God. And those that are so fearful of the afterlife that they will do anything. But I'm telling you, listen, I didn't get my faith by going to college, I got my faith in the house, in the home, with my mother, with my, fa- with, my, with my grandfather and my grandmother. That's how I got the faith. When it was, we had to walk to church back then, and uh, when we would, it would be raining too hard and we didn't have a ride. You know what my grandpa would do? He would take us down to the basement. We had a church pew. He would line us up on it, and he would preach. Now, few of you know, knew my grandfather. He was a talker. And talk, 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 talk. In fact, when we were at church and they always called on him for the benediction, I was like, all five of us boys would just sigh collectively because we we're going to get another sermon. But you know what my grandma would do? She would sing, sing constantly. She'd be in the kitchen. She'd be singing. She'd be in the song. She'd be singing. Was she, what was she singing? She's singing the old hymns. 
You know what they were doing? They were teaching us the faith. My grandfather would get up at 4.30 every morning, and I didn't understand why back then. And he would sit in his chair, and he would sing. He'd have this old Heavenly Highway hymn book, and he'd be singing. And I was like, dear God, please give him a sore throat or something. <laughs> but, you know, but now I look back, and those are precious memories. Because they were building faith in us. And we were so fortunate that they were. You know what's unique about our story with Moses? You hear about him as a three-month-old child, and then you don't hear about him again until he's a grown man. Kind of like the New Testament story of Jesus. You hear about him as a child, his birth, then you hear about him as a 12-year-old briefly, and then you don't hear about him again until he's 30 years old and starts his ministry. It's interesting how that parallel is there. But he was trained in all the knowledge of the Egyptians, but also he was trained by his mother concerning faith. And his mother trained him, and he knew, he knew the history of the Hebrew people. He knew the future of the history of the Hebrew people. He knew because his mother took the time to teach him. So we need to say thank you, moms, even if they're here or not here for instilling faith in us. And, you know, the Bible was constantly read in our home. Constantly read. It wasn't just sitting on the shelf over there. It wasn't gathering dust. It wasn't in the back of the car until next Sunday with the, with the leaves you know, getting sunbaked and coming up. It was utilized in the home. So what can we learn this. What are the life lessons that we should take away from this? Here's the first one. We are weak, but he is strong. Think about it. Think how hopeless that Moses was. I mean, he couldn't save himself. He was in the Nile River. He was a three-month-old child. He was utterly helpless. He was totally dependent upon God. And there was nothing he could do for his own salvation. God would have to provide it or he would lose his life. Think of the dangers surrounding him. Listen, the Nile River. I mean, that, that's a massive river. Think of the Nile River. There are crocodiles in the Nile River. Hey, we have alligators here. But those crocodiles are aggressive. My brother, Shan, he was in uh, Down Under, Australia. He was, he was going there to exchange with another professor. He was teaching there, and that professor came to New York. And he was running one day, and then he realized there were crocodiles all around. Guess what? He picked up his pace. But think about it. You have a baby in an ark with a crocodile-infested Nile River. I mean, he was utterly helpless, and we are utterly helpless as well. Every single day, we drive down the road, and we are driving at a rapid rate of speed, and a car is coming toward us at a rapid rate of speed, and there are mere feet between us. Right? It is by God's divine providence that we are still here. He protects us when we don't even know that He is protecting us. We walk under trees, big trees every day that have limbs and a breeze comes up. That limb could fall and take our lives. One organ in our body could stop functioning and we are deceased. We walk among those same fearful things, but our faith in the Lord, we often don't even think about it.
you know, there's something even more sure than taxes, and that is death. James 4.14 tells us, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, I don't even know what's going to happen the rest of this day, the next moment. For what is your life? It's a vapor that appears for a short time, and then it vanishes away. We come to the Lord. We are weak, but He is strong. And we count on Him for our salvation. Lesson number two. Life lesson number two. We have the promises of God. Man, I'm telling you, I am so thankful we have those promises of God. Our promise from God is if you will come to me, I will give you eternal life and I will not cast you out in any way. Promise that we should nurture our children, their life may be long upon the earth. As Christian parents, our responsibility is to pass along the faith and to bring our children up in the faith of the Lord that they might know Him personally. How, how do we do that? I mean, you ever thought about that? How do, how do we bring our children up that they want to love the Lord? It's done by regular prayer. Regular prayer, not just spotty, hit and miss. Oh, well, we hadn't prayed with our kids this week. You pray with your children, not just at the dinner table. Go to the bedroom, pray for them there at night. Let them know how important it is. By Bible reading, by hymn singing, by attending church, by taking the time to share. And when they have questions and those windows of opportunity come open, we shoot through that and tell them truth that it might establish their lives and their future and give them the hope to move beyond this life into eternal life with the Lord. You see, our opportunities are short. And then lastly, we need to be an example for them. We just don't tell them, but we show them. We show them. If you're saying, you know, I want that for my children. I want that for my child. I want them to have faith in Christ. Listen, first off, you need to want it for yourself. Because you can't be the example unless you have it yourself. So pray, Lord, come into my life, make me the example, and I want to show my children, show them how important it is to have faith. I want them to be raised in a Christian home. I want them to be involved in the church. I want them, and I want that for my soul as well. You know, that's what the Lord wants. He wants every bit of us, not just a portion of us. Think about it. We have the promises of God. The same God of Abraham, the same God of Isaac, the same God of Moses. In fact, we even have it more clearly because we have the New Testament scriptures under the Jesus Christ. Moses, mother's faith, brought Moses to faith. She trusted in the Lord for Moses' future, and she spoke into him. And physically, by her act, he was saved physically from the Nile River, but by her actions he was saved spiritually for eternal life because she continued to implant in him faith in Almighty God. Now, it is true that we can't make our children believe. You can't, it's kind of like that old adage, you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink. But you know what? If you're thirsty, you'll drink. Pray that they'll be thirsty and that they will drink. Well, God promises Noah in Genesis 9. As for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants forever. God also establishes the promise with Abraham. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you. And there are generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. And we have the promise, the New Testament, of the forgiveness of sin in Acts 2.39. For 
The promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And you know what? The Lord God calls us. It is our responsibility to respond. So, thank the Lord if you were raised in a Christian home. Thank the Lord if you had a Christian mama. I thank the Lord had a Christian mother, Christian grandmother, Christian mother-in-law, Christian wife, Christian daughter. Two of my grandchildren have been saved. Those girls. The whole important thing is to pass the baton of faith. Pass it, pass it, pass it. Don't drop it because you just have a short amount of time. Don't drop it. If you have, pick it back up and pass it. Be the person that God want you to be. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for so many godly mothers in our midst today. Thank you, Father, for the precious gift of salvation which you provide. Thank you, Lord, for Moses' mother, her faith, her training. Thank you, Father, that uh, we have seen so many mothers here do that very thing. And, Father, my prayer is if there's someone here today that does not know you, by faith they would come into the kingdom today and Lord I know your Holy Spirit is always at work so draw whom you will today in Jesus name Amen